Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, the Bruins defeated the New Jersey Devils 3 to nothing at the TD Garden a few nights ago. Um, but this is going to be, in part, a mailbag episode. But before we get into all that, let's get to Bridget and Scott's opening shifts. Yeah, I'll start just running through some injury updates from Wednesday's practice. Uh, Linus Allmark, Brandon Carlo, Matt Patra, and Derek Forbert were all on the ice practicing in full, wearing regular jerseys. Trent Frederick was not on the ice for practice. Um, afterwards, Jim Montgomery said, Allmark's back. They're not sure if he's going to start Thursday against Colorado or back up but he's he's available. He'll be on the active roster. They already sent Brandon Bussey back down to Providence. Uh, Patra and Carlo, Montgomery said they'll have to see how they feel on Thursday. Sounds like they're close, but maybe they still need another game. Uh, Forbert will not be back Thursday. He's not yet an option. He's still kind of ramping up from this injury that was, uh, you know, really lasted longer term than uh, than I think anyone initially anticipated, including Forbert himself. We did get to talk to him after practice a little. And, you know, and he basically just said, like, he's just tried to stay positive, kept trying to work through it. Um, it feels like he's getting close, felt pretty good out there. So, uh, and then on Frederick, Montgomery didn't say exactly what it was, but he said it was precautionary and they think he'll be fine. So, doesn't sound like there's anything to worry too much about there, but yeah, the overarching story is that the the Bruins are getting healthier. They can, so Brandon Carlo is on regular injured reserve. They can activate him. No problem. They don't have to make any other moves. When the time comes to activate Forbert, they will have to send at least one guy down and possibly two to make the cap gymnastics work. So there will be a, a decision coming up whenever that time comes. 
Yeah, with Forbert, he said he had multiple setbacks, yeah. which um, and that he's had to build back like brick by brick, essentially to getting back healthy. And it's been frustrating. And, um, you know, he doesn't usually give us much, but he he did say he did give us that detail that it's it's been basically the the new the current approach is to just go back really slowly because otherwise setbacks could happen again. So taking it really carefully, um, being very cautious with Forbert. The thing about Patra, he wasn't on any of the four regular lines in practice today. So I wonder if that kind of tells us that he's probably out another game. Um, and like you mentioned, Bussy gets sent down uh, right now, both of us still up in the lineup. Um, so if we're talking about down the road, a, coinciding sent like getting someone sent down to Providence to go with Forbert coming back to the active roster. I don't know if it's going to be Boquist. Um, we'll get more into that, I guess when. Yeah. And one, one thing I'll just note on Boquist, he is also two games away from needing to go through waivers again. So that could also factor into this. Um, yeah. But then that means if that means they can't call him up the rest of the year, if they're trying to avoid that. Right? No, uh, like, well, yeah, it, it depends if he clears or, or not, obviously, but, um, yeah, either, either you send him down because you're, you're worried about losing him on waivers. So they send him down before he gets there and then you're right. Then you'd run into the same issue if you call him up yeah. or if you put him on waivers and he clears, then that resets the clock on all of it and you can call him up. No problem again, which would still make it. It, like basically not it wouldn't matter when you sent him back down then because you'd, you'd pretty much be you either have to have decided you don't want him back up at all or you're you're gonna have to whisk waivers at waivers at some point or keep him on the roster um yeah. so and on on the one other thing i would note on waivers is parker Wotherspoon would need waivers again already and i don't think he's going anywhere because i think if if he got put on waivers i think he would probably get claimed yeah yeah, no, and and Steen too would have to get uh, go through waivers again now, right? Yeah. So, so pretty much anyone you send down, you're you're gonna have to go through the waiver system, except for Mason Lori or Johnny yeah, Beecher, because yeah, because of their um, rookie contracts. So, um, yeah, I guess that kind of makes them easier options, which is weird because Beecher's been on the team the whole season. It would be a bit odd for like to think about him going down, but at the same time, he's been healthy scratched a few times recently. And I don't see it as like a 0% chance that that could happen. Like that, that could genuinely happen if Bolquist, um keeps playing well, they don't want to risk it or they don't want to risk sending someone else down. Sometimes that's the easiest option. Um, but yeah, I think that was all I was going to say about the injuries. Um, and my opening shift has to do with the comments Jeremy Swayman made after the devil's game. Uh, so we got an extended chance to talk to him. He was, he was talking to the media for quite a bit. Um, Scott, I know you asked him to clarify, not clarify, but just like followed up on the question, uh, about that. He answered about the all-star being an all-star and how it vindicated him in arbitration and, and that kind of thing. He had a much more polished answer when asked the second time, just like it happened. And I learned from it, it was pretty much the main message that he had. That Scott, you had to try, and someone else as well followed up on your question, and he gave pretty much the same answer. Um, but I think the comments that most people were paying closer attention to after the Devils game was when he said, because he's played five games in a row now um, as the starter, 
And it was when he said, I want them to know that, and I want everyone to know that I want the net every night. And some people are taking that as, um, you know, is the, is the happy couple uh, not so happy right now? Like, is, is there some sort of fracture in the friendship? Is it like, is it Swayman saying for my next contract, I want to be guaranteed that I'm like the number one starter. So uh, I don't know what you guys thought of that. We can get to that now or later because we do want to save some time for um, our our questions that we got in the mailbag. Well, I mean, I definitely think that their their friendship and their their relationship is definitely unique. Um, and it's unique because it's not very often, especially at the professional level where somebody you're in direct competition with for playing time, um, in particular, the goaltending position, you're just so hunky hunky dory and like let me tell you about my best friend it's like well you know you, you could be on the bench if your best friend outplays you um and that's why their their dynamic is is so unique i guess the question is does it ever get to a point where yeah maybe maybe it does get i i think they i mean look swayman it, it goes over Omar's house for his kids to to you know go on his lap when he dresses up as santa claus so i mean clearly they're really good friends but i do think they both tell you like they want the net. Um, I don't know if that's going to lead to friction off the ice. I think it's just the reality of the situation that they're in. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think, I don't think their friendship has changed at all. I don't think. No, because he also has tra- changed it at all. I, I think this, this is why it's so unique and why it works though, is that they, they are great friends, but they also keep pushing each other. Like, they push each other harder than anyone else pushes them. And I think that's clearly elevated both of them uh, over now multiple seasons. That said, yeah, like I think Swayman, to me what Swayman, what I interpreted Swayman saying wasn't like, I want to start every game and I don't want Linus here anymore. Like, I don't think that's what what he was saying. I think it was, I want to show people that I can handle this if I need, if, I'm called upon to handle it. And whether that's, Hey, you can count on me if, if Linus is out or he struggles or whatever, or you can count on me to start a playoff series and run with a series. Like, I also think that's part of it because as we've talked about before, he hasn't had that chance yet. He has not started game one of a playoff series yet. So, um, you know, I, I do think that's important to him. And I think, that kind of does tie back to the arbitration hearing where I'm sure part of the argument that was used against him was, Hey, you've only ever split time. You've never been the true number one. You haven't won a playoff series. Like, even though that's not really his fault because he just haven't, hasn't had the chance. I think it, it is important to him to be able to show and convince people that I can do this. Like, even though I haven't really had the chance, I can handle it. And he, and to the, to the point of the friendship, he also, at some point during that, the, uh, not press conference, but media availability said, um, I'm sure Linus will be back in no time. He's a Swedish Viking. Um, he's, he's got, he's like, uh, basically also hyping him up at the same time. He's like, I'm coming for you. Um, but that's just kind of what they're, what, what they do to each other. And it, it is harder for other people to wrap their head around because I, I don't know about you, but if anyone was coming for my job, I probably wouldn't be their friend so it's just the nature of of how people naturally respond to things like uh competition uh very differently i guess than 
this one, this in particular is different than probably how Scott would react if he found out I was trying to take his job. <laughs> you can have it if you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how I much you hate waking up at 6 a.m. every day, so good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. You know what time I wake up. Um, I definitely have a question I want to circle back on regarding this topic, but I do – there is a there is a mailbag question regarding the goaltending, so I'll just save it for then. Um, okay, so my opening shift. Before, before Scott, before Bridget, and before the listeners roll their eyes, I just want to – preface this with me saying I think there is 0.0001% chance that this happens. However, uh, it's a Boston Bruins topic that was brought up. We are a Boston Bruins podcast. And look, this is supposed to be friendly banter. It's not all just, you know, how, who, who's who's scoring, who's not. Let's have some fun chit-chat, okay? So on Spit and, Chicl- uh, Spit and Chicklets, Ryan Whitney and Paul, Paul Bissonnette, who are very tied in, with the NHL, as we know, I mean, literally they have connections up and down the sport, whether it's in media players, coach, like management, like everybody is friends with, with these two and they have a ton of connections and they have, they have been, um, they have been credible sources in the past on certain stories. So I actually saw this on, on Twitter. I didn't even see this on the actual episode of the podcast. I don't know what episode of the podcast it was, but, but basically Ryan Whitney was talking about how he's hearing rumors that Patrice Bergeron could be making a comeback because it is rumored that he is skating in some local rinks around the Boston area. Um, no footage of these skates. So nobody can really tell if he's like working hard to like, you know, get the rust off his game or if he's just staying in shape for his alumni duties with the Bruins. Um, I'm just going to leave it there and let you guys maybe run with it. I mean, I'm only bringing it up because, we have to bring it up. They're, they're talking about it and they're credible. And it's like, I don't think it's happening, obviously, for a million reasons. But I'm just going to bring it up and let you guys run with it. Right. I mean, it, it's the most popular hockey podcast in the world talking about it. And it's guys with Boston connections. So, you know, Ryan Whitney, especially. So, um, yeah, it is worth discussing. I, I'm with you that I, I don't think it's happening. I would be very surprised. That said, I I don't 100% dismiss it, and I'll even Brian, I'll go slightly higher than your percent and give it give it a full one percent chance. Uh, um, but yeah, to me, Patrice Bergeron seems like a player who, when he decides he's done, he's done. That that said, like we kind of live in an age now where it's like, eh, has anyone ever really truly done like? Tom Brady retires for a month and comes back. Gronk takes a year off, comes back. David Krejci goes abroad for a year and comes back. Like, it's not totally unheard of. And if you're Patrice Bergeron and last year was this this last dance type season where all year long you think you have, you know, your last great chance to win another cup and then it all falls apart, you're – you get injured late in the season. Your team gets knocked down the first round. Like just like worst case scenario of how such a great year could have ended. That obviously leaves a bad taste. If he's sitting there watching this year's team thinking, Hey, you know what? This team's still pretty darn good. And maybe I feel really good. And maybe I see 
where I can plug in and help this team. Like that's not totally insane to me. Um, I think it's highly, highly unlikely, but you like, you could see, I could see where the appeal from Bergeron's side would be. And if he's interested, then obviously the, the appeal to the Bruins is very obvious. Yeah. Like in my mind, if I'm hearing Patrice Bergeron is skating and like he's in, all right, I play tennis to keep in shape. Am I going to go play Wimbledon this year? No, I'm not. Um, Like you can skate because that's how you like to keep in shape and you enjoy skating and you enjoy hockey. It doesn't mean you have to go out and, and, you know, join an NHL team. So um, if it's true that he's out there doing that, in my opinion, it's just a a good way to to keep fit. (laughs) And, and also like, you can't completely like, you didn't think Patrice was going to completely get rid of hockey from his life without even putting skates on ever again. So uh, to me, that's more what I would take out of seeing him skating. Um, But like Scott said, maybe there's this chance if Zaka goes down or like, or, you know, God forbid. I I don't think it Yeah. I don't even think it would like require someone going down. I think it's, you know, we know the Bruins need help up front. And if Bergeron sees, like a real chance to win a cup. I, I could see the appeal. I just don't think it's like Well, there. how many times this season have we said they're a top six forward short? Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so there's one right there, but I, I just I will, don't think I will say, though, Bridget, I mean, if you if you were playing tennis and you were – and you had less than, you know, 12 months ago, won a professional award as the best two-way tennis player at your position. And you are a tennis hall of famer and you're less than a calendar year removed. Um, there's a little smoke where there's fire. Now, are you trying to tell me I should go play Wimbledon this year? I'm just saying follow your dreams, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you to I'm just telling you to follow your dreams. That's all are, I'm saying. Are you are you better on grass, clay, hardcore? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with grass. We, we, yeah. we sports. Um, so, okay. So, okay. So what's, what Scott said is true. Like it would be no different than like, okay, just because he retired and we all know that let's just pretend he didn't retire and maybe he was just on the shelf with an off season surgery or something and was coming back mid season or yeah, like a little bit of gamesmanship. Like you've seen with Tom Brady and Gronkowski and Krejci, as Scott mentioned, um, and there's, I'm sure there's other examples of like a player just kind of like coming back on a little hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, Mario Lemieux, Michael Jordan, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Roger there's, Clemens did it like three times. The list goes on, absolutely. Um, I think Roger Clemens had some help, but you know that's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think some of the reasons why he wouldn't come back would be potentially the same reasons why he retired in the first place, which is maybe his body just feels like it's not where it needs to be. And he doesn't want his body to be um, uh, tested that way anymore. Maybe he wants to keep spending time with his family and and whatnot. Um, And also I could see him not wanting to step on the toes of Marshan's captainship um, or captaincy, whatever word it is. Um, There's, there's a mailbag question about, about, an NHL captain in their role for molding a team. Um, I could see Bergeron out of respect for Martian, not wanting to overshadow him um, and coming in, coming back in as like that captain figure. Um, and, you know, do you he, think Marshawn would care? 
I, it's it's not even so much about that. It's would Bergeron even want that to be a story? Like, would he even want that possibility to be out there? Like, um, and, and I don't. I'm sure. I I don't know. I I'm sure Marshan wouldn't be totally upset with it, but I'm sure a little part of it might be like, I don't know. I I don't think he would be only because they are so close that, you know, if it were two guys who were maybe like a little more distant or like not quite best friends, maybe that friction surfaces a little, but I mean, in their case, they are like legitimately best friends. They still talk all the time, you know, away from the rink. Um, Their families are close, all that. So like, I, I don't think it would be that much of an issue. And it's worth noting here that Marshand himself has joked. uh, I'm, I'm saying joked, but maybe not multiple times this season about trying to convince Bergeron to come back. So, you, you know, it's like, yeah. you can't really, you can't really joke about something and then like be upset if it actually happens. Yeah. I, I don't even, again, upset's not even so much the word. It just could be, there could just be a different dynamic in the locker room this year with Marshan's voice as the, as the voice. It, it just, I don't think it would be an issue, but there could be something to there. And Bergeron just might not want to step on his toes. Um, and then uh, a similar uh, I don't know if Bergeron will want to. He's looking at what Charlie Coyle's doing and stepping up, and he's seeing what like other players. He might not want to come in just from a development standpoint and uh, and, and and knock these guys back down well, after what they've done. But they've already put Zaka to wing on a few occasions, and he's kind of been playing there for a while. So like Zaka, he's not really stepping on Zaka's toes to send him over to the to the wing on on another line. So I don't think it uh, disrupts Coyle. Um, really at all but it it would probably mean Zaka wasn't coming back to center um or I mean or maybe it it pushes your center depth back to to something really good but I kind of feel like it'd be more of a Zaka to wing situation um I'm more so thinking like I'm with you guys like like I mean it's Patrice Bergeron like if he if he's if he's playing and and he comes back and he's feeling good obviously I'm more so coming I'm pretending like in my mind, if I'm Bergeron, like, and I'm at my dinner table contemplating coming back, these are probably things that I'm thinking of just from, from a, from a uh, human perspective. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I, I said 0.00001%, but I've actually, the, the crazier things have happened. I'm really, I, I probably could convince myself to call it like a 5% chance. Honestly, it's not that crazy. It really isn't. Um, it's just kind of like the optics, right? Like, You've gone through this retirement uh, um, perception during the hundredth season. You like you've kind of embraced that alumni role. You're in the alumni team. It's like it's it's hard to picture him playing at Warrior with with Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller against you know Brighton Fire Department, and then you know joining joining up on the Bruins again and playing for a Stanley Cup in the same year. It's 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 hard to vision or visualize. It would mean a complete like. 180 in terms of how he's been talking about his retirement and the reasons he gave in why he wanted to step away. Like he said that he's been happier than ever. Um, like a way, like it, it's weird when he, when he watches the team, but also he's just, he, he seems at peace with it. And he said he's at peace with it. So that would mean he at some point just like woke up feeling completely different. Um, which I guess people do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you do also hear from players who, retire and like that that itch lingers you know like yeah you have, you go through that period where your body says okay you're done then you have six months off or whatever and 
suddenly your body feels pretty good. And maybe when he gets out there on the ice, some of those days, whether he's doing hard drills or just kind of cruising around, you think, Hey, I, I feel pretty good. Hey, that back issue I had last year, not really feeling that. My back's been feeling good. And, and all of a sudden it's like, could I play? Do I actually feel good enough to play? Like plenty of players have, have gone through that. And with some guys, it, you know, you retire and like, that's never an option. Your body just never feels good enough again. But there are plenty of guys where like, who go through that kind of like a period of indecision where you start to second guess your, your call. So um, yeah, it's not, I don't know. Again, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it's, it was certainly a, a fun thing to discuss. It just kind of popped up out of nowhere um, from, from the spin chicklets crew. Yeah. Well, we said at the end of last season, like if he doesn't want to retire, he still has gas in the tank. So that's not really the question. Like, I, I don't think that that, that's really the question. Like he's, if his back injury is healed and he's kept himself up in shape, he's still an NHL caliber player. So, um, and the Bruins would be more than happy to uh, bring him in and uh, have a conversation with him about that and solve, solve one of their biggest problems, which would be uh, adding a top six forward. Well, if they, if they, if this did happen uh, financially, how would they have to make this work? Yeah, I mean, uh, it would certainly have to be for like a minimal amount of money, uh, and the Bruins would probably have to probably have to move some salary out somewhere. Would be my guess. Um, what exactly that looks like, I don't know. And it, you know, it all depends on like if it's a prorated one million dollar contract, then you're not you don't have to move around too much money to to find a way to make that fit. Um, it could even just be like, you know, waving a couple guys, but uh, yeah, I haven't gone too deep into exactly how that would work, but um, obviously Bergeron would be aware of their cap situation and would know like this is very little money, even close to like a league minimum type thing because he's over 35, you could build in bonuses again. Um and with the cap going up and all the cap space the Bruins have next summer, which, you know, we're going to get into some of that in the mailbag too. Um, that like bonus overage, if he gets those bonuses, wouldn't hurt as much, which, you know, again, it's worth reminding people who, you know, in, in case anyone's forgotten, like the Bruins are playing four and a half million dollars short this season because that's how much they had carry over in bonuses from Bergeron and Krejci last year. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.